The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTalkPod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel. 
All right, another episode of Turnbuckle Talk here. And uh, yeah, uh, first of all, thank you to Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery. Oh, I feel weird calling him that. But um, yeah, and uh, thanks, uh, Rick, for our new intro. We no longer have the robot. We have an actual human being during our intro. And uh, also hashtag RB Fitness. Um, that's a fitness program where apparently you can eat all that you want and still stay fit, which I think is a hell of an idea, and I am all for that. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, go and check out the Hameen Media Group <laughs> where you can listen to Richard Bronson Vickery. And if you're on Facebook, search out the hashtag RBV Fitness where you can say, see, as as Big Joe showed you or talked to you there, <laughs> he told you about this amazing fitness where you can eat absolutely anything. Are you serious right now? I love food. Yes. So does Rick. Too much. And he shares it out all the time, and it is beautiful, some of the food that you actually see there. So make sure you go and check that out. Rick, thank you so much. I truly appreciate what you guys did for us. Hello, Ellie. <laughs> beautiful lady. Nice to see you on here. Yes, uh, it's been a long time since we've uh, uh, seen Ellie. Good to have her uh, in our, our comments. Uh, and, of course, as you saw at the beginning, um, Bit of a sad uh, last couple days in the world of professional wrestling. We have lost another legend from our childhood, uh, Carl. Um, Sir uh, James uh, Harris, uh, of course known as Kamala, you know, a real mainstay in those in that golden era of professional wrestling when we started watching. And uh, definitely one of those larger-than-life characters. So I think that would be the best way to describe Mr. Kamala, larger-than-life. Definitely everybody who has listened to this podcast or seen the video cast in the past knows that I am a fan of those big guys. I'm a big guy myself. I always have been. So I gravitated towards those big guys like Kamala, like Bam Bam Bigelow, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name there? The big boss man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, guys like that, those big guys. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was even a big guy. Uh, for a little bit as well right so i mean i always kind of gravitated towards those guys and it's a very special place in my heart uh, for those big guys in the world of uh, professional wrestling and very sad to see uh, another member of our past mm -hmm. of our childhood uh, gone so on behalf of uh, big joe and myself and everybody here at the uh, turnbuckle talk podcast we offer our condolences to the uh, harris family you know, and of course, given what's currently going on and with social media, of course, the rumors, everything running rampant over what have happened. We're not going to speculate on that because we don't know uh, what actually happened. So we are not even going to go there because we have no facts to back it up. And uh, in this That's program, right. we'd like to keep things factual as much as possible. All right, Carl. Well, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. Let us kick off with uh, a segment that is... Uh, Going to be very interesting, I think. And uh, let us talk about Raw Underground and what we thought about Raw Underground. I'll let you bring up the graphic here, Carl. And uh, Definitely. let us talk about this because um, I think I have possibly an unpopular thought or opinion about this. Um, first of all, what did you think of this thing? Uh, like, I, I didn't watch the, the entire show because, um, as you are all aware now I do not watch Raw front to back any longer. I'll watch individual segments <laughs> uh, so that we can talk about it on the program here. But uh, Raw Underground, what did you think of this? Well, first and foremost, two things. Uh, Ellie, yes, it has been a long time, too long. Uh, thank you very much. And 
If you're in the chat there, you can see afternoon to the boys from the north, says Richard Bronson Vickery. I don't know if you were there at the very beginning, RBV, but thank you so much for that intro. We really appreciate it. We've uh, plugged a few things for you, so hopefully that gets some people over to you as well. Raw Underground. Uh, first rule of Raw Underground, you don't talk about Raw Underground. Whoops, well, we're breaking um, that rule. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. Uh, it's it's very much so. It just seems like a fight club type of situation going on. Um, looks like they're using just kind of a back part of the performance center uh-huh. with a ring set up with no ropes, uh, like nothing. It's just a raw ring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. a mat that's down. There's the canvas. There's the uh, uh, the side skirts, and that's really about it. And yeah. uh, just guys going in there, and see, this is hard because I don't know if it's actual legit they're they're fighting or if this is all just kind of yeah raw show. Uh, by the way, Game Changer Wrestling just called and they want their gimmick back, <laughs> right? Um, that that's totally what it felt like to to me that this um. <sighs> I understand that they are trying to to mix things up now. I mean, obviously now you know they they, they could they've had their head in their sand for long enough, thinking that they're doing things fine. Obviously, you can tell now they're realizing like, hey, you know, we need to start doing something different because what we're doing is not working. Um, but this, Carl, it's it's not working for me either. It just it feels like people who aren't cool trying to do something cool. Like having having the the the, the fake strippers in, in the background, I, I like the aspect of using these these unknown wrestlers. Obviously, these guys. Uh, I hate to. I'm not going to use the, the term jobber in this case. Um, you know, these are probably like um, guys uh, looking for a tryout or something like that. They're using some relatively unknown talent, but the the whole thing just it's not necessarily like it's like the brawl for all type of a thing here. But they're trying to go for this MMA type presentation and. It just doesn't look good. It looks like they're fake fighting in a wrestling ring without ropes, and then you have Shane McMahon getting his two cents in like the whole during the whole time, and it's very distracting. Um, it's like he's trying to, so hard to be cool when he's not cool. That's how this whole thing feels to me. It just it, it feels like they they had the right idea, but just completely missed the mark, uh, so to speak. Definitely. And I mean, it feels like uh, Mr. Shane McMahon there is trying to be a Dana White, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just on that microphone, way too much. I mean, I, I get it. I understand, you know, like maybe some people enjoy uh, listening to some commentary or something that's going on during a, a fight or something. Right. But um, if you want to make this kind of like underground. Yeah. And don't have anybody doing some sort of commentary. Yeah. Just just let them go in that in that uh-huh. ring and just duke it out. Let them just go. There's no point in doing any type of uh commentary or putting in any two yeah. cents or, or trying to do any of that. It just it it takes away from it, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. I, I, for me, anyways, I find that it takes away from it. Yeah, because the whole time it's like, oh, look at that, oh, look at this, and look at that. I'm like, okay, hey, Shane, shut up, you know, and and just let, let them kind of do what they're doing. <laughs> but I mean, right? and, and even just outside of that, just the, the actual action in the quote unquote ring doesn't really work for me because, and I, I've mentioned this before with the whole MMA mixing with with the, with professional wrestling. I think it works for somebody who hasn't 
watched a lot of MMA uh, going on because when you see a lot of this MMA-ish stuff kind of going on, when it's being done in a, in a professional wrestling context, you know, like for, for myself, uh, it just it look it comes across looking really really hokey here. Let's see what uh, Rick has to say about this. I really like the idea behind Raw Underground, but in regular WWE fashion, they cram six weeks of booking into six minutes. Dancing girls, they're gonna pop a, a chub. For assuming for Big Joe's right, Shane is not cool anymore. Thank you, thank you, thank you for for seconding the motion. But uh, but yeah, uh, just it's. Uh, I, I, I like that they're at least trying different things, but we're 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 not hitting the marks. <laughs> we're not hitting the marks, right? So does it does it have potential? I I think it does. Yeah, I think it definitely does. But they have to kind of maybe fine tune some things with it. Um, again, how long has it gone on? I think this is only the first week that it's really gone on that it's happened. Mm-hmm. So do we need to maybe give it a couple of weeks before you know we make a final judgment and determination on it or um yeah i agree with ellie there uh it's yeah. a good idea i just felt forced of course. yeah very much so uh kind of going yeah. along with uh uh with rick there as well saying that they've crammed way too much into a <laughs> yeah, six minute way too much right program um, but I mean, I, I kind of like the idea. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's something that we haven't seen in a while and it's kind of blurring those lines mm-hmm. a little bit, so to speak for, uh, for people who have just watched two hours of a professional wrestling to kind of go to this and go, well, wait a second. Is, is, is this maybe their training ground? Like, mm-hmm. is this, you know, and, and it's going to kind of blur those lines for people that really aren't inside that bubble. I guess you could say less is more. I think if they would have done little hints of this, you know, throughout the coming weeks, then it could have been something that, um, you know, could have possibly sparked some interest. Um, Rick asking, uh, who would you guys like to see up for Raw Underground? Um, right now, I, I think you keep it to the relatively un- unknowns. I think putting, especially if they're letting them kind of go a little bit, so to speak, like to, to land some legit punches and whatnot. We don't want to run into the brawl for all situation, right? I know, I know it's not exactly, it's not like a, a competition. The situation is different, but we don't want our big um, headline talents getting injured, doing a uh, risque segment that might not even last very long. On my end of things, I think maybe you take some of your guys that, uh, that talk a big game on uh, the show yeah. on Raw. Um, or within the WWE itself, maybe you take somebody like a Baron Corbin who mm. flaps his gums on uh, social media yep. and Twitter and stuff like that. And maybe kind of throw him into something like this. This whole King Corbin thing just seems <laughs> to be uh, thrown to the wayside. Like, unfortunately, every King of the Ring since like yeah. 95. Um, so maybe this can be an avenue for some of those guys that they've tried to give a push to but kind of failed with that and, you know, kind of throw them into this and, and let's see, you know, kind of what they can do. But mm-hmm. um, again, like big Joe says, right. We run into that situation of, uh, are we going to get them injured at all? And then they're off of WWE programming for how long, right. um, especially if there's somebody that's in current storyline, then it's, it's going to cause issues. Yeah, for sure. I think keeping it to the relatively unknowns, I think, is the way to go for the time being and see if it really kind of catches on and then you can go more with it if you so choose. But for now, I say tread carefully because it's uh, um, possibly at a risk of a um, 
being a little strange. Now, next up here, Carl, I know you have uh, something queued up there, but I want to go with something different first. Uh, let us talk about New Japan. All right, let's talk about this uh, New Japan Cup, the, the USA thing here, before we get to some more WWE stuff. I want to take a little break from, uh, well, this is this is still actually considered North American wrestling, but I want to get outside of AEW and WWE just for a few minutes here. Let's talk sure. about the New Japan Cup 2020 USA, as you can see the graphic. For those not watching the video version, we I'll, uh, I'll read out the brackets too here. We have Carl Fredericks versus Kenta. Jeff Cobb versus Tongaloa, David Finley versus Chase Owens, and Brody King versus Tama Tonga in this first round. Now, these first round matchups have happened uh, at the New Japan Strong Show on August 8th. And to give you just uh, an idea of how things have uh, progressed here, uh, Kenta uh, getting the win over Carl Fredericks, Jeff Cobb getting the win over Tongaloa, David Finley over Chase Owens, and Tama Tonga versus Brody King. Um, if you pay attention, you'll realize that basically we had Bull Club in every single match here. So they did a good job of kind of staggering things a little bit so that it didn't end up with just all Bull Club guys versus each other. So they uh, they, they mixed it up uh, pretty well here. And there were some uh, interesting matchups here. It, it was... It was different because there wasn't a whole lot. There wasn't a ton of storyline happening here. It was just a, a we just we had four really good, solid professional wrestling matches with some really marquee talent. While I agree with you in one aspect, I do not agree with you in another aspect. Okay. Um, again, my guy Chase Owens yeah. getting shafted again. Yep. How many times yeah. are we going to continue to shaft Chase Owens? Yeah. If you guys have not seen Chase Owens work, just go to YouTube and and Google uh, or type in Chase Owens. Google him, YouTube him, whatever. Uh, the guy is a phenomenal worker and I, I think is a very underrated star yeah. uh, within the world of, of not just New Japan, but professional wrestling as a whole, people. Mm-hmm continuously getting shafted he almost seems like he's just the uh uh leftover guy in the bullet club even and it just like i'm tired of it tired of it when is chase owens gonna get his big break it's needed it is needed uh uh, other than that everything else i mean great like i'm loving this and for those of you who who really don't know this is kind of but correct me if i'm wrong big joe but I, i believe that this is actually for uh, uh, shot at the United States Championship within New Japan, correct? Correct, yeah, B versus John Moxley, who's still holding that title. Okay, so yep. earlier this year, we had the New Japan Cup 2020 to go for the actual championship yep. belt, and now we've got this tournament to go for the United States Championship. So, yep. um, New Japan Pro Wrestling really pulling out all the stops here this year. Uh, even though COVID-19 has <laughs> happened, uh, we're still getting some great stuff coming from New Japan. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, on that, that's about all I got to say. Chase Owens needs his break. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. The only reason I can see for that move, Carl, is uh, New Japan. I won't say that they that they hold it against the uh, kind of the outsider talent, but the, the, the talent that comes out of their dojo system, they tend to get pushed more often. And a David Finley is a product of the, uh, the new Japan dojo. Uh, so I, I could see maybe that's possibly part of the reason why they gave him a little nudge there, but you're right. You're correct. Uh, Chase uh, does seem to be the underappreciated, uh, person in, um, 
inside a bullet club, but um, you know he'll he'll ha- he'll have his day eventually, and you know he's, he's uh, still a fantastic worker, and he does gets to do a lot of other stuff where he gets to shine. So uh, by no means I think it was just uh, too much of a negative. And uh, as I possibly I think I mentioned earlier that uh, actually my match of the week is going to come from one of these four matches. I'm not going to say which one yet, but it is coming from uh, the, the <laughs> tournament here. So uh, stay tuned for that. And I, w- I will say just. Uh, the one big thing, uh, as, as you notice with Carla and myself, we're both kind of clean shaven. We were rocking kind of like the baby face uh, look. Mr. Tomatonga also doing the same thing, looking very, uh, very slick. I mean, he's a he's a clean shaven boy now, and it, it looked very, very different. But it's still the, the kind of the same Tomatonga in there. And it was very exciting uh, watching him finally back in a professional wrestling ring, to say the least. Yeah. All right. Let's shift back over to WWE and NXT and let us talk about Mr. Adam Cole and this Pat McAfee stuff here. Um, what do you make of this whole kind of situation here, Carl? Because this is actually going to end up uh, tying into our Showstopper segment later on. Again, this is just coming back to another uh, name that is trying to be used within the WWE to gather ratings. I think that that's all that this is. Uh, Pat McAfee has a uh, a radio show. Um, You know, we had uh, Adam Cole on that radio show, and then uh, things kind of blew up. And now, oh, all of a sudden, let's invite this guy who has no wrestling training to come and work a match. Right, like I mean, yeah. uh, uh, ooh, mm, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was gonna be my first question: Is Pat even does he have any kind of wrestling training? Uh, to my knowledge, no. Okay. You, you talk a little bit more. I can do a quick Google search and actually yeah, look, in, look good. Look, I can look I can talk more on this. Right. Um. Yeah. You see what's what's frustrating about this is. Uh, that the WWE continues to do this and they continue to bring in people that uh, might be a name um, within show business or yeah. something like that and throwing them into the ring. Um, when you have guys that are working the independent circuit that are, are just clamoring to get a spot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we've got it within, um, ignite wrestling there i'm sure there's lots of people there that are that would be in the area for sure to be able to go and and work this show um i understand you know some guys from the canadian wrestling's elite they really don't have you know uh, a way to do that because of covid19 and everything that's happening with that right now um so there we go uh thank you rick i i appreciate that so mm-hmm been trained by by actually one of the best rip rogers um you see i haven't seen anything from him yeah i haven't seen any work done uh nothing like that so it's it, it i he's totally new to me um which is weird because i'm usually pretty on top of all of that stuff uh yep. but yeah i don't i don't know yeah because i don't know looking on uh his past i mean he was uh, uh played college football for west WWE has a, a real fascination with football players, i got to say. Football, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, was drafted to the NFL in 2009 in the seventh round, um, in, playing for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So, um, yeah, he has um, previously a football career. So, 
yeah, it seems like a lot of football players want to become professional wrestlers. But, uh, you know, outside of, of that situation, just the, the, the whole setup to, to this has just been very, very strange. Um, and I don't want to say too much about it yet because it's actually going to tie into our uh, our showstopper segment. But just, uh, yeah, um, it, feel, it almost kind of feels like that Stephen Amell kind of situation again. We're we're bringing in like a like a quasi kind of celebrity uh, to bring them into a wrestling match, which I mean, you know, that's been a staple in professional wrestling for a long time. But I don't know, just a modern day, it 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 feels different. It feels different. I don't know if you get yeah, that same does. feeling. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Let's uh, switch over to some AEW uh, stuff going on here, and let's talk about them possibly becoming the dumping ground. For previous WWE talent, really? that's, how, that's how it's kind of feeling these days. When I watch AEW Dynamite, it feels like we're just bringing everybody that the WWE didn't want. That's how that, that's how it's kind of feeling. And not to to hit on AEW because I do like some of the things that they that they've been doing. Uh, most yeah. recently, the one thing I will give them praise for that debate that they had with uh, Bischoff, Jericho, and Orange Cassidy. I thoroughly yes. enjoyed that segment um, of having basically <laughs> Cassidy just silent. But then when it come, came to those like those really kind of intellectual moments, it, it, they, they played off as him being smarter than everybody else. That was genius. I don't know whose idea it was that possibly could have been his. Cassidy's actually a good promo on the mic, Carl. He, he I'll just definitely say that. I'll is. just say that. Definitely yeah. he is. So as you guys can see down below in the ticker, uh, I do want to give props to these guys here yep. over at uh, at 434 on Facebook for uh, this graphic that you're going to see here. But this kind of uh, gives you a little bit of an idea of what Big Joe is talking about when he talks about a dumping ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. AEW, right? all XWWE. As you can <laughs> see there, there is a yeah. plethora of talent. Yeah. Uh, listed uh, or shown in this graphic here that, uh, yeah, we're all former WWE workers. Yep. And, you know, some of it's good and just some of it feels like, uh, maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but just a lot of times it just feels like we're just, we're doing this because we want to stick it to Vince. We want to stick it to Vince. That, that's how, that's the, the feeling I'm getting from these guys over in this company. It's like, we're bringing in these people just so we can stick it to the old man and go, see, and we can do something with these people because you didn't want to. Now, is that, is that the, the right approach? Um, maybe. I mean, I, I take a look at this. Um, I've got it on my second screen. I'm taking a look here and I'm seeing mm-hmm. one, two, uh, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like, like all friends of somebody within management in that company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, very much so. Uh, it's, it's, I don't want to call it a dumping ground though. I think it's more of just a, uh, friendship circle there's some clear some clear nepotism going on i mean let's not ignore the fact um cody's hiring a lot of his friends and you know i mean that's fine and dandy but we got like i said this this graphic clearly we're not the only person that feels this way somebody went through the trouble you know four three four went through the trouble to make this graphic so there's other people that share this sentiment and you know there there are some good talents on on this graphic here carl yeah but it just it feels like we're doing it just because we want to 
we want to piss off the old man. And honestly, I'm hoping it has that effect, Carl, because maybe this is the, the, the kick in the ass that WWE needs to be like, okay, no, now we need to turn it up a notch because these guys are pissing us off now. Now we need to turn it up. So if, if that can be the result, I'm fine with it. Me too. Definitely. Right. I will be. Um, am I angry or ticked off that all of these guys are now in all elite wrestling? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's only going to help build that brand as well. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, what kind of ticks me off a, a little bit is when you are now pulling in like your friends, like Matt Cardona, mm-hmm. right. And then putting him right on to, you know, television and making a big deal about yeah. Matt Cardona. Uh, now don't get me wrong. He's, he's phenomenal. He's a great worker. Uh, he's, he's a big name, but I look at somebody like Serpentico mm-hmm. who has paid his dues, who has worked for a, a couple of other companies, um, who has even worked with our, our good friend Kim Artlip over at Ignite yep. Wrestling, uh, has been his likeness has even been used in storyline. Yeah. Why did we not capitalize on that when no. Sammy Guevara made his return dressed like Serpentico? Why did we not have now a little mm. bit of a feud starting between Serpentico and Sammy Guevara to bring him up to, I guess, from dark to dynamite? Now, to play devil's advocate just a little bit here, now, even when I just, when I look at the two, and I'm sure if Rick's still in our chat here, you'll likely agree with me on this. When you, when you look at the at the two guys, let's say Matt Cardona and you're saying Serpentico, when you look at the, the two of them, even if, uh, not even not side by side, but just look at them individually, Cardona looks like a professional wrestler. Nothing against Serpentico. But when I look at uh, Cardona, I see somebody that, that is built like a professional wrestler. Like he's like, I mean, not quite that larger than life kind of persona character wise, but I mean, just size wise and just build wise, the dude looks like a professional wrestler and nothing against these smaller luchador uh, type wrestlers. But when I see Cardona and then I see Serpanico, if I had to pick between the two, I'm putting Cardona on TV. Just saying, just saying. No, and, and I, I totally understand that. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, what I'm kind of getting at is that, you know, like you've got uh, like Serpentico who is, you know, just being used on dark. Mm-hmm. Well, you're now bringing in somebody that's now taken that spot from somebody like a Serpentico who's yep. been in the company and been working with the company and doing shows and doing matches. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, if that were me, I would be like, are you serious right now? You just slapped me in the face by bringing in your friend, by yeah. bringing in your buddy, and now he's got spotlight on TV. Yep. And I can't get a little bit of TV time. Oh, yeah. Like, are you kidding me right now? No. Uh, I, I would I feel it. so upset and so pissed off at that. I would. Oh, yeah. And some of those sentiments might start to um, coming into effect here because, uh, like you said, you know, even just on this page, a lot of these guys are buddies with Cody. And. We're already seeing a little bit of issues. Um, most na- notably, I will look at uh, the guy right beside uh, Miss Vicky Guerrero there, uh, old uh, skunk stripe himself there, Mr. Matt Hardy. Even he's already kind of a little upset of his uh, his current situation in there. And then in this most recent episode of Dynamite, um, it looks like you know, Sammy Guevara's got himself in a little bit of uh, trouble again. Uh, that was a pretty wicked... Uh, that was I wouldn't even call that a chair shot, Carl. That was just I'm gonna take this chair and I'm gonna throw it into your face, and um, that didn't look that was not 
the way that it was supposed to go, and uh, that that was uh, that was a lot of blood for TV. It, it definitely <laughs> was not the way that it was supposed to go, but yeah. I do have to say that uh, that was production's fault. Yeah. Um, the proper chair that was to be used. And last week we talked about that. We talked about the different types of chairs where some yep. are, you know, like grade A steel and some of them are more just an aluminum. Um, the wrong chair was put in place. Looks like it. And yeah. Sammy Guevara, uh, you know, trying to be the professional, had to do the spot just grabbed the first available chair and chucked it um and i mean damage was caused it definitely was but um so i can't put a hundred percent blame on sammy Guevara for that i do have to blame production a little bit there for not having the proper uh props in place where they should have been for sure all right, Carl, before we go to some more AEW news here, let's take a little bit of a, a commercial break here and uh, and hear from one of our sponsors here. Who are we going to go with uh, this week? Oh, well, you know what? Uh, I think the, these guys uh, make sense for uh, breaking out. Let's hear from our friend Al Snow over at Color and Elbow Brand. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. <clears throat> I've started a wrestling brand the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. There we go, a little uh, word from CollarNobleBrand.com where you can go and uh, use promo code JK Podcast and get 10% off any of your purchases there. And uh, I believe that that Chad Gaspard shirt is still there, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, definitely make sure and check that out. And uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I'm, I'm assuming pretty soon that um, that Talk and Shop of Mania stuff should be showing up on there soon, too. Uh- there actually is already nice. talk and shop a mania merchandise that is available on color and elbow brand.com. Um, I do want to, again, thank them so very much for everything that they've done for us because we, they, they brought us on in the very beginning. We are the first sponsored podcast from color and elbow brand. We're very proud to say that because they took a chance on us yep. and we're happy that they did. Um, and again, go and check out color and elbow brand.com use promo code JK podcast. We get a little bit of a kickback. You get 10% off and all of the proceeds from that, that come to us go towards bringing you 
these video podcasts and the audio podcasts. So thank you very much to everyone who goes and checks out collarandelbowbrand.com and uses our promo code. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carl, let's uh, talk a little bit more about Dynamite, specifically Dynamite versus NXT and ratings, which is something we typically don't, we haven't really touched on a whole lot on the show when it comes to television ratings. But now, now to be very clear, now this is in a very specific age demographic here. Uh, we're talking people aged 18 to 34. Uh, this yeah. past week, AEW actually exceeded the raw ratings for this age demographic here, Carl, that I think is a significant thing to, to mention. Definitely it is. If I am remembering correctly, it was uh, over 900,000 uh, views yeah. uh, for that episode cool. of Dynamite that happened. Now, I'm wondering, we need to watch <clears throat> these a little bit closer over the next coming weeks yep. because they did advertise and it was pre-taped and people knew that Eric Bischoff was going to be there. Yep. So I'm wondering if Eric Bischoff was the reason sure. why that got to nine over 900,000. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Do I want to see them get over a mill? Definitely. Sure. I do. Yep. Um, hundred percent I do. But yeah, it's very interesting that inside this demographic right now, and it's been a trend for a while, even so much that Chris Jericho is now claiming to be the demo God uh, shirts out there on uh, shop AEW for that as well. Mm -hmm. So really capitalizing on these, uh, these numbers. Uh, from this demographic and uh, really, really pushing that right now is AEW and rightfully so. Yeah, for sure. And like I said earlier in the episode, if this can push WWE to be better, then I, I think it's it's a good deal. And uh, in this age group, it, it's um, I think it's interesting with that is like this is the real age group that before AEW started, you know, this these were the people that were, you know, that were at all in. These are the people that were really clamoring for that alternative. So it's not surprising to me that the the high viewership is coming from this group of people. I'm not surprised. Me either. I, I honestly am not. They're putting out something that that's that's a. Uh... Uh, different from what the WWE is doing, but similar at the same time. Yep. So, I mean, like they're happy to see something in a competition type of sorts uh, to the WWE. They're, they, they're looking for that alternative and here is that alternative for them. So definitely that, uh, that bracket there. I mean, I'm not in that bracket. Um, <laughs> not anymore. You're... Those of you who don't know, I, I turned 39 years old today so I'm not in that that bracket anymore. Big Joe isn't in that bracket either. But nope. I mean, we're helping to contribute to uh, rising numbers for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Big Joe. Are you watching Dynamite on a weekly basis? I'm not watching it live. I'm watching it taped, just uh, due to the fact that you know I work an evening job. So when this is being aired live, I'm already on my way out the door, essentially to, to head okay. to work. So. Sometimes I'll catch the uh, the beginning as I'm heading out because I, I have an app to where I can watch TV on my phone, uh, so I can watch a little bit of it like while I'm riding on the bus to go to work and whatnot. But sure. the the full on programming I'm usually not getting to watch live. I do record and watch after the fact. Um, 
can't say the same for for Raw and SmackDown and NXT. I'm just not watching them week to week. Uh, my primary uh, professional wrestling that I watch now is New Japan Pro Wrestling and then AEW on the side. There we go. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts on this, Joe? I mean, over 900,000 mm-hmm. inside that demographic for AEW right now. I think NXT was just over 700,000, if I'm yep. uh, remembering correctly. Um, do you see this as just being something because Bischoff was there? Or do you see this as an actual uh, trend that's going to continue to go upwards within that demographic up to and including that million mark? What do you think? Yes and yes. Yes to both. Uh, we saw we definitely saw a spike because Eric was there. Obviously, you know, Mr. Bischoff is a draw, especially with people in that age group. You know, they probably caught the tail end of WCW and when uh, Eric came over to, to Raw and, and all that. So, like I said, it just it makes sense that people in that demographic where we saw that a bit of a spike. And like I said, if this... Um, I'm hoping that these this increase in numbers from the All Elite crew pushes WWE to be better because... That was another reason why we wanted to see competition is because competition usually you know results in the two trying to outdo each other trying you know it pushes the other one to be better and and it does, should do the same on the other side but right now it's a little lopsided you know WWE's noticing this competition but they're just kind of staying the course uh, so to speak you know a little bit different different stuff like with underground and and whatnot. We're seeing some changes, but we're not really seeing them really rise to the occasion going, hey, okay, you know, we, we have this company that's legitimately making a dent in our in our product and in our, our viewership now. We need to step up our game. That's what I want to see. I, I do as well. I, before we move on, I, I, I want to give just a uh, – uh, a quick little story on Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. So Eric Bischoff was supposed to be here in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, unfortunately, due to uh, other commitments with the WWE, because this is back when he signed again with the WWE as a producer role, um, he had to cancel that tour. He was coming on on one of his uh, comedy talking tours. So uh, the wife and I were on the Jericho Cruise. And we get into an elevator after coming back in from the Bahamas. And who is there in the elevator with us? None other than Mr. Eric Bischoff. So, of course, we have to say hello, say hi, talk to him for a minute and go, dude, we missed you being able to come to Sault Ste. Marie. We had tickets and everything. It was all good to go. And he goes, I'll tell you what. He says, there's some stuff in the works. Just wait. And then, unfortunately, COVID-19 has happened, so things have been pushed back. But I think, hopefully, after this COVID crap is done, we may see Eric Bischoff going back out, doing some tours, and uh, hopefully, maybe I'll be able to finally go and see uh, one of his shows and uh, maybe, maybe even get that original ticket autographed, because then I'll have something that is very elusive. That would be cool. All right, let us go. There's not a ton of it here, but uh, we'll definitely still uh, do our segment here. Let us talk a little. A little breaking news here, Carl. Um, Not necessarily breaking news, but just uh, stuff that's kind of popped up since I've uh, put together the run for this episode here. Uh, there is an ex WWE star that wants to face Cody Rhodes for that uh, open challenge for that uh, um, 
<clears throat> TNT title. And this is an interesting one because it uh, kind of ties in a little bit to what we played during our commercial break with Mr. Shad Gaspard. This is a guy that uh, actually used to team with him. We're talking JTG wants to challenge uh, Mr. Cody Rhodes for that TNT championship. I love that matchup. I would love to see that. Me as well. I mean, phenomenal worker, always has been, and uh, very, very, very interested to see uh, what could be done in that type of a matchup. Um, both phenomenal workers, and I, I, I would be enthralled if, uh, yeah, if definitely we could see that. And just the other brief thing to mention, too, in this breaking news segment, um, going back to the Raw Underground uh, thing that they're doing here that this is supposedly part of of a shift that supposedly WWE wants to go to more of like an at to like an attitude era again. Um, I I don't know about that, Carl, because um, largely I think there's a lot of people that aren't really aware. Of this the reason why things are so kind of toned down and watered down now was because of the attitude era. Right, so as cool oh, yeah. and, and, and as fun and as outrageous as the Attitude Era was, it's largely why we're in the situation that we're in now with the WWE. So wanting to shift back to it again, I, I just first of all, I don't think that the networks are going to go for it. Uh, Fox, maybe uh, USA Network, I say probably not. Um, I don't know, Carl. Um, feels like we're grasping at straws here with uh, with WWE, but. Um, I don't know. I uh, just I think that just recycling an old idea again just isn't going to work. We, we need to come up with some original stuff here. We can't just keep going back to the past over and over and over again. I, I 100% <sighs> agree with you, but it seems to be uh, just the way the WWE seems to do things continuously. Yeah. Um, they want they they kind of take what worked yeah. and uh, try to use it again. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll just have to see. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I have a little bit of breaking news as well here, sure. I guess. Uh, not so much really breaking news, but uh, kind of interesting news. Um, Big Joe is a fan of Slipknot. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Slipknot, and I'm a fan of Corey Taylor and everything that Corey Taylor is doing. Uh, I want all of you to go and uh, go to YouTube and uh, look up uh, CMFT. Okay, that's Corey Taylor's new solo artist song. And take a look. There's is some appearances from wrestling stars as well as he is carrying around in some shots a title belt. It's interesting to see. And we we know that Corey Taylor is a fan of professional wrestling. So it's I think it's really cool to see that professional wrestling influence kind of coming over into the music industry again and uh, into music videos. I'm very happy with that. So go and check that out as well. And I want to give a shout out to our friend Bryson Scott. Go and follow him at Mr. Studtacular BS for Bryson Scott at Mr. Spectacular Bryson Scott. Go and follow him on Twitter. He has a campaign going on right now that he keeps pushing Cody Rhodes, he keeps pushing Tony Khan, AEW, tagging Jericho, tagging everybody he can to get his shot at the TNT Championship. We're all for that. Bryson Scott is an amazing guy, and we are super happy to to plug that for him as well, as we have done over on our social media, at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, yeah, go go and follow at Mr. Studtacular BS on Twitter. 
to catch all of his latest in trying to get a shot at the TNT championship against Cody Rhodes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carl, let us go to our match of the week segment here. All right. I'm going to let you go first this week here, Carl. What is your match of the week for this past week? That was professional wrestling. My match of the week is actually coming, believe it or not, from AEW. Nice. Um, again, I, I love AEW and everything that they're doing, and especially this match that happened here. Um, good little build-up to this, and we're seeing AEW world champion John Moxley taken on Darby Allen. Um, yeah. Honestly, I can't say enough about Darby Allen. This kid is amazing. He is phenomenal at what he does. He, he can work in the ring. Yeah. He's got good promos. He's got a good uh, like like promo video presence, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. Kind of almost has that like Jake the Snake Roberts type of talk and uh, aura to him. Um, kind of a little bit dark, creeped out type of thing. He, he actually walked down to the ring wearing a cut out paper face mask of John Moxley. Yeah. That's genius, uh, one yeah. eye was covered up and yeah. the other one was, was cut open so that he could see where he was going. <laughs> and just those small little details yeah. put into this and put into this little feud that was, that was going on. I loved it. I, I was super excited for that. And then seeing Darby Allen come down to the ring like that was just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, just he's gotten so over with the with the audience there, and Mox has been putting him over big time. You know, he says that he's his favorite guy in AEW. He's like, but when you challenge me, like it's on now. You know, I'm gonna destroy you regardless of whether I like you or not. Just and that promo that Mox did leading up to that, that was fantastic too. You can go find that. Uh, probably oh, yeah. online somewhere, and um, yeah, just um, fantastic stuff there. And Darby uh, Allen, it, it was. If you would have told me at the beginning that he was going to be one of these guys that was really going to stand out, I would have said, you know, maybe. But I mean, clearly, you know, he is like he is somebody has some significance there. And to think oh, yeah. to, to look at where he kind of came, he was essentially homeless at one point, you know, and now he's a, a marquee player over in that company. So, congratulations to him. You know, hard work does pay off. Oh yeah, so definitely good stuff for him. So we 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 both know, and everyone else that's listening and watching knows that Big Joe's pick this week is coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. But there were four matchups that happened there. Uh, Big Joe, I'm I'm curious, mm-hmm. uh, which one was it? Uh, we are talking the the final match for the evening. It was um, it aired on uh, on August seventh on New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling World. We were talking Mr. Brody King versus Tomatonga. Um, that very last match in that first round, um, it was just fantastic. I mean, it's it's always cool to see uh, Brody uh, in that ring. I mean, he's a big hoss, like and he moves oh, yeah. quickly and does a lot of stuff that, that a bigger guy uh, necessarily shouldn't be able to do. But then, I mean, just. Any chance, and this was Tom Atonga's first match back. Anytime I have a chance to watch him in the ring, it's always fantastic. You know, oh, he yes. he just he works really hard. He did really great character work. Even when he's getting his ass kicked, he sells really well. Just to, he's somebody that I want to see really get to that upper echelon because I mean, he just he has it. He has it. He's like if you were to take Roman Reigns, but actually be cool, you would have Tom Atonga. right? <laughs> right. 
So, just to say, and, and, and you know, I necessarily wouldn't mind a match between those two at some point. Uh, if you can make it happen somehow, I think that would actually be intriguing, uh, especially for, for Roman uh, to have a match with Tom because there's so much oh, stuff that you could play off there. But, I mean, uh, just on Tom and Tong himself, just uh, like I said, any chance I, I get to watch him in a ring, it's likely going to be a contender for match of the week for me. So now that he's nice. back in action, it's probably going to become a regular occurrence that his matches are going to be popular with me. As they should be. <laughs> As they should be. All right, man. Um, you know what? Let's take another brief break here before we do our, our showstopper segment. Uh, let sure. us hear from our friends over at Ohio Valley Wrestling. Hi, my name is Barry Radcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Ted 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think it couldn't get any better than this, but... You'd be wrong for only $4.99. You could get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only $4.99. Now, will your life be as good as this? No. Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99. Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Prices so low, they're insane. You visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. So there we go. A little word from our friends over at uh, OVW and, of course, our new partners over at TheChairShot.com. Thanks to those guys oh, yeah. for uh, showcasing us over there. All right. Let us uh, end off the episode here with our Showstopper segment. Now, this uh, Showstopper segment this week ties back over to the Adam Cole and Pat McAfee situation here. Um I'll let you put up the, the graphic here, Carl, and then I'm going to kind of break down uh, how I kind of feel about the situation, and we'll, uh, we'll start the conversation. Um, so essentially, for this storyline here, we had Adam Cole appearing on Pat McAfee's radio podcast show, whatever it is that he's doing there. I think it's tied into the, the WWE Network, I think, as well. Um, possibly. I'm not sure. I'm out of the loop so much with the WWE stuff these days. But we basically, we had what appeared to be Adam Cole actually, like, F you, blah, 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 and walking out, like, legitimate heat with McAfee. Okay, you know, we walked out. And then later on on social media, you know, they, they kiss and they make up. And then in the following days, then we uh, we have them now in a feud. Like, and we're supposed to believe now that, okay, so they, they hate each other, they made up, and now they hate each other again. You know, the, the, this, again, brings up the issue of, social media killing things here definitely it is um we had we had talked about we threw out the word kayfabe um it really ties into this i mean is is uh, is kayfabe totally dead like is is it totally gone um unfortunately as i've said before i I think it really is in the age of social media and everything that's going on right now it is very hard to keep that kayfabe especially like you said there was heat and then all of a sudden there's photos of them on online making up uh you know like what's going on here so you were okay i get it you're pissed off with each other and and now you tied up the loose ends and everything's good but 
now why we're having a match against each other for for what reason now we made up already this is making absolutely no sense yeah you've said several times and i've mentioned it too and other people have that you know kayfabe is dead but i mean we have to we have to try and and kind of have to maintain the illusion somehow because I've, I've always said that i feel like professional wrestling is at its best when we are fully invested and we're tied into a kind of what's going on. But if the illusion, if the curtain's constantly being pulled back, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to, 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 re- to really kind of get into this stuff. I know sometimes we can be a little guilty of that on this program too, you know, where we break kayfabe and we talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff. But I mean, we're talking about the actual product being presented here. And when you're you're breaking kayfabe on your essentially your own programming, I mean, damn, like it's just it's 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 hard, man. Uh, and just another reason why it just it, and this happens so much with WWE and AEW is guilty of it too. I'm, I'm not gonna yeah, uh, they are totally let them get away with it. Uh, uh, New Japan and some of these other companies seem to be better at hiding it than others, um, but this kind of stuff just drives me crazy. Carl drives me crazy. It, it does me too. I mean, you and I both grew up in the age of kayfabe. We grew up um, not really knowing uh, those lines were blurred and we were like, is this real or is this yeah. not? I've said it before. I go back to when um, Earthquake was like jumping around the ring and then, uh, you know, butt planted onto Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Hulk yeah. Hogan was wheeled out and then clutching his cross. And, and, and you know, I was like, it, they killed him. Like he's internally, he's dead. Right. Like, I mean, back then I believed that. Uh, I mean, I know I'm like 39 years old and things have changed a little bit. I, I, I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, I've clued in and clicked in a little bit more into the world of professional wrestling. But back then I was like 10, 12, 13 years old, maybe 11. We'll throw 11 in there too. And, uh, 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds today all know what's happening in the business because of the internet. And it just, it it blows my mind. Like, uh, I wish that it would just get back to blurring those lines a little bit. And uh, hopefully, I mean, we talked about Raw Underground at the very beginning of the show. Hopefully, maybe this blurs those lines a little bit for for some of these younger people. Um, I mean, for for myself, even it's kind of blurred a little bit. I'm I'm going. So, what's actually going on here right now? Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's try to figure this out. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's my take on it. This seems to be a hot button issue that keeps on coming up for us. But. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, clearly when we get something like this happening with uh, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, um, it's 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 got to be talked about again. It's got to be talked about again. And it raises a bigger, bit of a bigger question with this here, Carl. Um, if kayfabe truly is, is done, uh, if it's essentially non-existent, uh, can that work long-term in the world of professional wrestling? Can, can pro wrestling exist and, and, and make it long-term without kayfabe whatsoever? And... I gotta say no. Like I said, I think that we really need to have this element of okay. You know, we have average people watching. People do extraordinary things, and we're the audience has to be made to believe that okay. You know, this this isn't something that just the, the guy sitting here in the seat watching, thinking okay, I know I, I can do that, right? That 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 for me, it just it doesn't work. People need to be in awe and 
looking at the stuff happening, go, geez, like that, that's something I can never do. I mean, that was incredible. That that, right? that that element is gone. I I just I don't know that pro wrestling can exist long term if we can't have that element or at least some factor of that. I I think personally it, it can, okay. but there's got to be a total shift in the way that professional wrestling is is brought to people. Then um, doing live events and doing house shows and stuff like that can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to go to a more of a cinematic type of uh, programming yeah. where you're taping absolutely everything. Yep. And then people are going to kind of go, oh, well, we know that this is cinematic. We know that this is, uh, you know, we know that it's not. Uh, I hate saying that it's not real because <laughs> right. it kind of is. Um, I know I've been there inside there. I know how real it feels getting smashed with a kendo stick. Yep. Um, so, I mean, like it's, it's hard because you got, you got to blur those lines a little bit. Like I, like I've, I've talked about before. And I mean, if you're not going to blur those lines, then make it look more cinematic, make it look more like a, like a film production or a movie or a television show where people understand that this is acting as opposed to sport. I would agree uh, with that. I think he's the nail around the head there, Carl. That if if the, the the whole concept of kayfabe is just done, then then fine, so be it. But I think the, the the way to get around is like what you said is that we pre-record and we we have the stuff in the can so that fans and stuff aren't getting all the inside information as it's kind of happening. If you're because when it's happening live, people, the things seem to get leaked a lot more often. I think I think if you go into this production mode and you go with the more cinematic feel, you know, then maybe you know we can salvage that approach a little bit. Because I, honestly, I think at this point that's the only way uh, that if we wanted to maintain that you know this is something that's happening you know almost kind of outside of reality type of a situation because i mean otherwise if you're just doing what they're doing now i i I don't think it's going to work as as with the the idea of kayfabe being basically non-existent you got to go to this recorded cinematic feel yep i really think that's no i I share those exact same sentiments and and thankfully some people some of them are trying it to some mixed success so far you know wwe's done a little bit Impact's done a little bit. AEW, not so much. They do it in their vignettes and their segments, but uh, not so much in the actual matches. But, uh, but yeah, um, we'll keep watching and see how it kind of goes. But I think that, that it could possibly work. It's definitely going to be a bit of a rough transition, especially for old-school fans like us, though, uh, to go from yeah. that, that real kind of in-ring type of feel to a more kind of a cinematic thing. Um, for myself, though, I'm going to eventually i'll go with it but i'm going to go into a kicking and screaming i'm not going to go willingly because <laughs> i like i like good old traditional professional wrestling in a ring but uh you know i'm not totally ignorant to to the new trends and whatnot but um it's it's a, it's a rough transition if we're going to that cinematic feel definitely it is i do have to mention people if you've been watching you see me playing with my headphones a little bit here it's because mm. uh, uh they keep falling out of my ear i'm looking up at the thermometer right now and it's 105.5 <laughs> degrees inside this room that i'm in because of the outside temperature and the inside temperature so it is hot in here yeah um but yeah i just uh i just wanted to kind of mention that that uh, even in 105 degree fahrenheit weather we still bring you this definitely because uh we have to every monday every monday on our social media at tb talk pod 
on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you're going to find us. Um, well, just on Facebook right now yeah. because uh, Instagram doesn't allow us to go live yeah. with them. And uh, Twitter uses Periscope, so it's an extra app and it's something else for people to download. We don't want to have to have you go and download a whole bunch of stuff, but we're on the big three, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TB Talk Pod. I do want to mention quickly before we go for this episode that we now have our own merchandise available. Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you want to support us, this is going to be the best way for you to do it. The banner link down below, you see it says turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com. Type that into your browser. Go there. Check out the plethora of items. I think there's uh, 16 different items that are available on there right now. With more to come, there is going to be more. Um, Go and check it out. Make a purchase from there. And uh, it'll get shipped to you. I just received today. It's still all packaged up, but uh, ordered for the spouse, the uh, banner logo mug. Nice. It came today. Last week, you guys saw the Turnbuckle Talk uh, classic logo shirt. Uh, Big Joe has his coming to him as well. It is shipped and on route. I don't know if he got a notification about that, but I sure did. Um, and it shouldn't be too long for Big yeah. Joe to get his. Probably by the 12th, it says, because okay. uh, it was just coming from Mississauga, Ontario. Mm-hmm. So go and do that because that's probably going to going to be the easiest way for you to support us is just go and buy a shirt. Not only are you going to look amazingly fashionable, but you're also going to help us because we get some uh, kickback from that as well for selling it. And again, just like our, our sponsors collar and elbow and phoenixfit.com, we get a little bit of that kickback, which only goes towards these video broadcasts and the audio podcasts so that we can bring you this amazing stuff every week. Absolutely. And you had mentioned when you were talking about the temperature in Fahrenheit. Carl, we live in Canada. We go by Celsius. I understand that. But this thing, when we moved in, was in Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't yeah. know how to switch it. I've just yeah. left it there. It's been a running gag with uh, Mr. Richard Bronson, Vickery, and myself uh, uh, ripping each other on the temperatures. Uh, we go by Celsius, and you people down in the States go by Fahrenheit. And uh, that's just the way it is, folks. And uh, yeah, when I look, it's weird when I hear temperature in in uh, in Fahrenheit. I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. And then obviously them, they hear our temperature and they think that that's weird too. So it is what it is. And uh, well, for those of you in Canada where you're looking, 105.5 is probably about 40 Celsius. Yeah, it's toasty. So there you go. Because when we when we say 40, they're like, that's not hot. That's cold. Right? All the time. All the time <laughs> so, I get. It is not cold. It is, it is toasty. And uh, you and I have a fan going here in the studio just to kind of keep things uh, tolerable. All right, man. Well, let's wrap it up here for this weekend. We'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I'd like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows here. You can find that all at hittingthebucks.com. Run.